This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now a new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go we? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah, we should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Welcome to another episode of Headlines brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand for Tuesday, July the 5th, 2022. Hope everybody's having a great Tuesday and had a great 4th of July weekend. Headlines is your one-stop shop to getting everything you need in the world of professional wrestling. We scour all the wrestling websites and social media platforms to give you a comprehensive detail of everything that's happening currently in the world of wrestling. Headlines is a daily podcast brought to you for free everywhere fine podcasts are made available. With that being said, let's go ahead and let's get into the headlines. Dakota Cohn is writing in for Wrestling Inc. at this hour. DDP's wife walked out of the room during a recent WWE match. Now, not many matches in WWE have received the type of reaction that Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins got in their famous Hell in a Cell encounter, which happened several months ago. Rhodes completely tore his right pectoral muscle off of the bone, but the American Nightmare was determined to compete against Rollins inside the massive structure, leading to some undeniably gruesome photos photos of the event. While he and WWE Hall of Famer Jake the Snake Roberts recently discussed on the Snake Pit DDP podcast, former WCW World Heavyweight Champion and WWE Hall of Famer Diamond Dallas Page discussed that particular match and what his wife's reaction was to it. In a quote, he would say, she got up and she had to walk away. It was too violent, Page said. She goes, I love Cody, but I can't watch this anymore. I appreciate the pain, you know, because he's going through all of it, especially with what they brought him in to give him a push and to have 
have a loss to Seth Rollins would be hard. If anything, right now with him would be the toughest thing right now to be going through. Now, of course, Rhodes had suffered through many, many injuries in his career, but this one might have been the biggest one. Now, AEW, there are people who are booing him right now, which I never understood. I mean, especially since he's the guy who really got everything going, Paige continued. All those AEW fans who are watching that match, too, wishing him they had him back. If you'd like to know more about not only what DDP's wife had to say, but DDP himself, Dakota Cohen has this article trending right now over on Wrestling Inc. Ross Berman has an article also here on Wrestling Inc. Tanahashi believes AEW star would get great reception if he came over to the Tokyo Dome. Now, Hiroshi Tanahashi came through the Forbidden Door and impressed a lot of AEW fans. Now, Tanahashi recently recorded an episode of Podcast Off, which is a show that discussed two AEW talents that impressed him immensely. One that stood out to Tanahashi was Pac, but Tanahashi immediately couldn't remember his name. There is another star that Tanahashi took attention to, and he thinks he would be great as well in the Tokyo Dome, and that would be Orange Cassidy. Now, Tanahashi has a lot of praise for these two stars, and he thinks if they came over to the Tokyo Dome, it would work out really well. Now, Cassidy had a standout match against IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion Will Ospreay at the Forbidden Door event. Now, despite coming up short, Cassidy caught the eye of the wrestler and the term Forbidden Door. Now, Tanahashi noticed that, you know what? This might be something that might work out and be great. He thought he saw himself in the 2018 form. He also had praise from Adam Hangman Page, too. If you'd like to find out more about what Tanahashi had to say and about his feelings about how these AEW stars would do if they brought a show over to the Tokyo Dome, Ross Berman has that article trending right now over on Wrestling Inc. Dominic D'Angelo is writing in at this hour. The pre-4th of July WWE SmackDown and AEW Rampage viewership is officially been released. It was the tale of two programs when it comes to WWE Friday Night SmackDown and AEW Rampage as the show had viewerships in opposite directions. Now, WrestleNomics released the numbers for Friday Night's Go Home SmackDown for the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. It garnered an average of 2.1 million viewers, which was down 4% in total viewership from the previous week. For the key demo standpoint, the program had an average of 693,000 in the 18 to 49, which came out to a 0.49. That also is down 8% in total viewership from last week's episode. Rampage, however, saw a decent boost in the 7-1 episode, had 469,000 viewers, which is a 15% increase in total viewership. The highest number of the program was seen since April the 22nd. Demographic was also showing an upswing in the accrued average audience of 209,000, which is a 0.16, and the key demo of 18 to 49, giving it a 29% boost in total viewership from the prior week. This is the best demographic numbers Rampage has seen since June the 10th. Now, despite the slight dip, SmackDown ranked number two in television in the 18 to 49 demo for the evening, while Rampage came in at number 17. Now, it was number three according to Showbiz Dailies. It has been number three according to Showbiz Dailies since the ranked rankings began October of 2021. Now looking back at the year, SmackDown has done better on Fridays in comparison. The July 2nd episode of the program had an average number audience of 1.8 million and 281,000 improvement. Now demographically, the program had an average of 597,000 viewers, which is up 22,000 improvement for this week. AEW Rampage was highlighted by a Royal Rampage match, which saw the House of Black Brody King become the number one contender after after eliminating Darby Allen from the match. He will now face John Moxley on this week's episode of Dynamite for the world title. Now, SmackDown had its own battle royal that featured Happy Corbin winning, but Corbin ended up losing in the main event against Madcap Moss, who qualified for the slot in the Money of the Bank match. For more information on this, definitely continue following Wrestling Inc. and follow Dom.
Dominic D'Angelo as he will have more information forthcoming. Kelly Houlette is writing in at this hour. Brian Pillman Jr. pitches the idea for a possible AEW versus WWE Super Show. AEW star Brian Pillman Jr. took to Twitter to share his ideas for a show between WWE and AEW and New Japan. Pillman Jr. replied to a news article about AEW CEO Tony Khan being open to speaking with WWE about a joint venture. Pillman Jr. noted that he's interested in having a tournament in honor of his late father, Brian Pillman Jr., as they had with Owen Hart. Now, Pillman Jr. wrote, Invite New Japan as well. We use clips of Owen, Jushin Thunder Liger, and Pops to promote the history of the cruiserweight wrestling. It would see great referees. You know what? I think it would be great to have a cruiserweight matches in there as well. Now, Pillman held the WCW Light Heavyweight Championship twice. He was the inaugural WCW Light Heavyweight Champion after he defeated Ricky Morton in the finals at Halloween Havoc in 1991. He held the title until 1992 after defeating Jushin Thunder Liger at Super Brawl 2. For more information on this, definitely continue following Kelly Houlette, who will have more on the potential of this happening, or if Tony Khan will continue to leave the door open. Matthew Wilkinson's writing in this hour, Alexa Bliss labels former WWE star simply as brilliant. WWE superstar Alexa Bliss has called her time working with Bray Wyatt one of the most she's ever had in her entire career. Now, Bliss worked alongside Wyatt for a year, adopting the Fiend gimmick and becoming a crucial part of the storyline. Now, including making appearances in the Firefly Funhouse, Bliss had plenty to do with the presentation when speaking with the Out of Character podcast. She weighed in and said it was like working alongside him. Bliss said she had to put twice as much work into it, into her own character because of how Wyatt operated. She would go on to say he is so brilliant with his creativity. He put so much effort into his character, so much research. It wants to make me step up my game 100%, Bliss said. When you step into someone else's kind of gimmick, you don't want to bring it down. You want to elevate it. So I put so much into my effort and protecting the character and protecting what we did in the Firefly Funhouse. It was so much fun. Now, the last time the two interacted was WrestleMania 37 when The Fiend was defeated by Randy Orton, a storyline that Bliss was heavily involved in all throughout. She ended up turning on Wyatt and helped Orton win the match. There was never a true explanation follow-up as to why we never saw him back on television again. WWE subsequently released him in July of 2021 after 10 years with the company, and Bliss admits it was very sad that she didn't get to work together with him again because it was so much fun, and I think the WWE Universe saw how much fun they were having. Now, since their split, Bliss has been used sparingly on the main roster, first appearing with a new darker character that featured her carrying around a doll named Lily, which had power to control her opponents. Afterwards, she was taken off of television for several months while she continued dressing in the same way since her return. It's only part of her character, though. Bliss still does the Lily thing in the ring, but the doll hasn't been involved in matches as it was before, and all the dark supernatural elements, they also appear to be gone. With more information on this, if you'd like to find out about Alexa Bliss and her feelings on working with Bray Wyatt, Matthew Wilkinson has that article trending right now over on Wrestling Inc. Dominic D'Angelo is also writing in this hour about Tony Khan. Tony Khan is a polarizing individual in the world of pro wrestling, but as reported earlier, would he be open to a super show between WWE and AEW? Could WWE and AEW, the two biggest promotions in modern wrestling industry, team up for a joint show? According to AEW President Tony Khan, 
it's not outside the world of possibility either. In a quote, Khan would say, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I would be open to talking about that kind of thing, Khan said during an appearance on The Ringsters, The Masked Man Show. It's not crazy. It's not a bold prediction at all. Despite the early rivalry between the two companies, it's not unreasonable to ask the question, considering AEW is coming off Forbidden Door, a recent collaboration with New Japan Pro Wrestling, and some of the storylines could simply write themselves. Khan also shared his former talents of WWE, allowing them to make videos for the John Cena celebration. Now, as far as something like this happening, anything is possible, says Khan, and he would be open to hearing about it. Now, Khan would also go on to say, what became the Falls Count Anywhere trios match? That was a great match with Christian Cage and Adam Cole we ended up having Khan said. John Moxley and Brian Danielson really became a match that we had at Revolution and the long-term direction for the company, but we weren't able to have those matches. John needed to get better, he needed to go to treatment, and he needed to take some time away. Now, he's doing the best work in his career. At the end of the year, I think it's crazy that Chris Jericho was out there with blood clots, actually stuck in England and couldn't fly back, Khan said, and it ended up being one of those things that just kind of happens in your career. Chris came back better than ever, looking better than ever. Well, that's just what Chris Jericho is. AEW and WWE recently cracked the forbidden door just a bit, when, as I mentioned, with several AEW stars, including Jericho and Danielson, making appearances on WWE Monday Night Raw to pay tribute to John Cena. But a full-fledged crossover show seems unlikely, at least for now. Khan did divulge his plans for the new AEW All-Atlantic Championship and its inaugural champion. Pack would be the new champion and he will be showing it in many other promotions. Khan would go on to say, Pack is going to England. He's going to defend the title internationally. It's a traveling championship because the champions of AEW are champions everywhere. They are champions that are booked all throughout the year and they have a championship that they can go ahead and defend. Thunder Rosa has also talked about defending her Women's World Championship abroad as well. If you'd like to find out more about what Tony Khan has to say about potentially working with WWE and allowing his champions to be worldwide traveling champions, definitely check out the article Dominic D'Angelo has trending right now. Eric Mutter has an article trending right now about Taya Valkyrie. AAA announces unusual personal match for Taya Valkyrie, but what is it? First, they battled over who in the household would have to do the dishes. The rest of their lives at the WrestleCon Super Show this past WrestleMania. Now married, couple, Johnny, insert his last name, also known as John Morrison, and Taya Valkyrie will collide yet again, only this time it will be for the Lupa Lucha Libre AAA championship. As announced, AAA on Tuesday affirmed the real-life married couple will be on opposite signs in a tag team match at the AAA Ring Rock Stars event in September, with Taya teaming up with Impact and occasional AEW star Laredo Kid to take on her husband, who will be going under the name of Johnny Calibro and Christy Janes. For more information about this very unusual personal match, Eric Mutter has this trending right now over on Wrestling Inc. Eric Mutter is also talking about the crossover appeal from UFC and WWE. One UFC says star says they want to be the female undertaker. Their appearance seems to be trending right now in the world of mixed martial arts, where pro wrestlers are coming over. Now, what does the pro wrestling Mount Rushmore look like as the current MMA stars are wanting to cross over into the wrestling world or at least trying to cross over with their presentations? Like UFC middleweight champion showed his Undertaker impersonation this past weekend. Following her retirement from UFC 276 this past weekend, Jessica I had some interesting remarks regarding pro wrestling where she 
would kind of make a comment about alluding to her wanting to do it. She said she would love to get into pro wrestling now that she's done with MMA. I want to be the female Undertaker. AEW, WWE, let's go. Jessica, evil eye is ready. Now, this is not the first time that I, who retired with a 15-11-1 MMA record, after losing her final fight this past Saturday night, has expressed her interest in being a pro wrestler. In a tweet back in February, she openly stated she wanted to wrestle for AEW, prompting a response from AEW talent and extras coordinator Captain Sean Dean. It would be, I would fit in really well in the world of wrestling these days. The former UFC star and knuckle fight championship fighter Paige Van Zant signed with AEW, which is opening the door once again for mixed martial artists to cross over into the world of pro wrestling. Now, with that being said, what will happen? We'll have to find out more about this, but Eric Mutter has this article trending right now over on Wrestling Inc. As we reported yesterday, Big E has some great news on his neck injury. Right now, it looks like surgery has been taking off the table for Big E, but what's the current latest update? Eric Mutter is writing in at this hour. It's been a little over a week since Big E revealed that he could perform certain movements following the removal of his neck brace he's worn since suffering the broken neck earlier in the year. Now, the former WWE champion has provided some new updates about his condition. With most situations, however, Big E's 4th of July tweet had a road to recovery and had some good news and a little bit of bad news. He would write, update. My C1 isn't ossifying, which means it is not forming bone quite yet. The current plan is to get more scans at the one-year mark and see how it's progressing. The great news is I feel tremendous and surgery is now officially off the table and no longer needed. Biggie has been out of action since March 11th of 2022 when he landed on his head outside the ring while taking a belly-to-belly -belly suplex from Ridge Holland. He was rushed to the hospital where it was determined that he fractured his C1 and C6 vertebrae, but he can avoid surgery, and there was no spinal cord or ligament damage. Just days later, Big E released was released from the hospital and posted video footage of him walking around his neighborhood to reassure everyone that, you know what, I'm going to be okay. For more information on this, continue to follow Wrestling Inc. as they will have more information. Shotzi Blackheart is making news right now. Danny Wolfsonholm is writing in at this hour that Shotzi Blackheart has deleted her Twitter account. At the Money of the Bank premium live event this past weekend, Shotzi competed in the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Now, given the unprecedented nature of this ladder match, not every planned spot went according to plans, and Shotzi was caught up in a particular move that saw both her and a fellow competitor, Alexa Bliss, land awkwardly in the ring. The incident led some fans to lash out at Shotzi on social media, saying that, among other things, she should be fired for her performance. Now, Shotzi responded to those fans on Twitter on Monday saying she is not a wrestling robot and nothing happens perfectly in the ring. Sometimes th some things happen during a match. She just cares that everyone is safe. Did everyone have fun? Did how did the crowd react? She confirmed that nobody was injured severely and that, you know what? I'm glad I have friends to wipe away the tears off my face after the aftermath of reminding myself of just who I am. Now, now just a day later, it looks like Shotzi has officially deleted her Twitter account because of the chronic speculation about her performances in WWE. Now, it's not been confirmed whether or not Shotzi received any feedback after her Money in the Bank match that led her deleting her account or whether it just was a factor that she decided on. But she will respond back when she believes it is necessary. Sachi competed 
competed in that match along with Alexa Bliss, Lacey Evans, Asuka, Rachel Rodriguez, Becky Lynch, and the ultimate winner, which was Liv Morgan. She went on to cash in her briefcase and beat Ronda Rousey to capture the SmackDown Women's Championship. For more information on Shotzi Blackheart, Danny Wolfsonholm has this article trending right now over at Wrestling Inc. Eric Mutter has some news trending today about Tammy Sitch. Multiple updates on Tammy Sitch's DUI manslaughter trial. Now, many of you know that Tammy Sitch has been in a legal battle right now regarding an accident that she had earlier on this year. But it's been a few weeks since we've had an update regarding the charges of DUI manslaughter against her, which saw the WWE Hall of Famer's lawyer, Steve DeLaRoche, withdraw from the case following several disagreements between her, himself and his client. And it's become typical during this trial that there's more twists and turns than a 4th of July weekend. Now, according to the Daytona Beach News Journal, Sitch was in court again this past Thursday, June 30th, where she asked Judge Karen Foxman if she could be represented by a public defender for a time when she seeks new counsel. Sitch said her boyfriend, James Pettit, was looking for De La Roche's replacement. The request was granted after Sitch filled out a form to determine whether she was qualified for public representation. Now, the drama didn't end there, however. The judge then questioned Assistant State Attorney Ashley Tilweiger whether the altercation between her and Pettit before the hearing. Now, Telwiger alluded that Pennant called her a dirty expletive over the remarks that were made. With Pettit no longer pre present at the hearing, Judge Fox informed Sitch that Pettit's behavior wasn't acceptable, and if he wished to remain in court during the trial, he could potentially be held in contempt of court if he doesn't change. Sitch is on trial for her role in the March 25th car accident, which rear-ended another vehicle in traffic. Now that crash resulted in the death of 75-year-old man. And Sitch was arrested in May after toxicology reports came back and showed her blood alcohol level is three and a half times over the legal limit. After briefly being released on bond, she returned to jail after her bond was revoked, and she's remained there ever since. In addition to her criminal charges, for which Sitch entered a plea of not guilty early in June, she and her boyfriend are now facing a lawsuit filed by the family of the victims, who were seeking over $100,000 in damages. Sitch filed to have the lawsuit dismissed in June, arguing the victim's daughter had not properly been appointed as a representative for the victim's estate. There's been no update on this civil trial case yet, but Sitch is expected to appear in court once again on August the 11th. For more information on this, Eric Mutter has this article trending right now over on Wrestling Inc. If you're enjoying this podcast, once again, it's a one-stop shop podcast to make sure you have all the information you need in the world of professional wrestling. Headlines is a daily podcast that's absolutely free anywhere podcasts are made available. Let's get back to the headlines. Matthew Wilkinson is writing in at this hour that Tyson Fury reportedly in talks for a WWE return. It's been three years since Tyson Fury was last seen in a WWE ring, but the Gypsy King is reportedly in talks to making a return this coming summer. According to Give Me Sport, sources close to the boxer state that he's been talking with WWE about making a comeback. Now, although nothing has been finalized between the two parties, there's currently no word on what show he might be appearing on or what he would be involved in. When the 33-year-old last worked for WWE, he picked up a countout victory against Braun Strowman at Crown Jewel way back in 2019. He appeared on WWE SmackDown in order to build up the match, and then again when the company went to England. Since that point, Fury has been focusing on his boxing career, picking up victories against Deontay Wilder at a sold-out Wembley Stadium back in March. Following that show, Fury revealed that his boxing career was over and he was officially retired, teasing that a return to wrestling 
would be taking place. Fury has also made it clear he is open to some exhibition boxing matches. He actually name dropped several people he would like to go against. He also included that he would love to have a match with WWE legend The Rock. With WWE being set for another upcoming premium live event in Cardiff, Wales in September 3rd, having a major celebrity from England involved just makes sense for their first stadium show in the UK since 1992. Previously, Fury said he'd love to be at the Cardiff event, being back in center stage in UK, especially in wrestling which has led to speculation saying, hmm. Now before the COVID-19 panic hit, WWE was reportedly planning on this big UK event with Drew McIntyre versus Fury that was gonna be billed for the show, but it never ended up happening. Then the two men have taken shots at each other online, several times on social media and even in interviews, teasing the idea of what it would be like if they had a match and how much it would mean for the company. For more information on Tyson Fury, continue to follow Wrestling Inc. as they will give you more information. Matthew Carlins is writing in at this hour, WWE NXT Great American Bash is going to be coming up. Braun Breaker versus Grimes and Hayes versus Waller. WWE presents a special Great American Bash episode of NXT tonight with four title matches that are on the line. The main event will see Braun Breaker defend the NXT Championship against Cameron Grimes. Grimes issued the challenge to Breaker for a title match shortly after Grimes lost the North American Championship. The man who took the North American Championship off of Grimes, Carmelo Hayes, will defend his title tonight against Grayson Whaler. Now, there has been tricked by Whaler into signing a contract for the championship when Whaler snuck in to a stack of memorabilia that he got Hayes to officially sign. Hayes won the North American Championship at the In Your House event just under a month ago. Since then, he's had one successful title defense against Tony D'Angelo last month. The simmering tension between Diamond Mind may come to a head tonight. The Creed Brothers will defend the NXT Tag Team Champions against the stablemates Roderick Strong and Damon Kemp. Strong was furious after the match and challenged the Creeds to a title match. Toxic Attractions Gigi Dolan and JC Jane will defend the NXT Women's Championships against Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez. Jade and Perez earned the title shot by defeating Cantana, Chance, and Caden Carter last Tuesday. For more information on this event, you can continue to follow Wrestling Inc. and Matthew Carlins as he will have all of the latest on the Great American Bash. Matthew Carlins is also writing here, former WWE referee criticizes Liv Morgan's Money in the Bank cash-in. WWE's Money in the Bank provided a huge night for Liv Morgan as she not only captured the Money in the Bank briefcase in the latter match, but then successfully defended it and got the championship when she cashed it in. After Ronda Rousey successfully defeated women's championship against Natalia, the former Riot Squad member made her way to the ring to take advantage of Rousey's injured knee and then won the match. It got a huge reaction from the WWE Universe, now both live in Las Vegas and around the world all over on social media. Now, while many see Morgan's win as huge and definitely a huge victory for someone who's been considered an underrated talent, Former WWE official Jimmy Corderas picked out a detail that would have made done differently in order to make the moment more important. He would go on to say, and I quote, It was a nice surprise, Corderas said in his latest Refn rant on Twitter. I got a huge pop it wanted, but it wasn't the babyface win that a championship would cash in their money in the bank. That's the only issue I had. Yes, the crowd loved it, but at the same time, babyfaces don't do it that way. 
Maybe if she had came in and said to Ronda Rousey, I want to cash this in. Are you ready? And Ronda said, okay, let's do it. Then you could probably make a case for it. If you'd like to find out more about what Jimmy Corderas had to say about the decision for WWE and Liv Morgan to cash in the briefcase at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, check out Matthew Carlin's article trending right now over on Wrestling Inc. Dakota Cohen's writing in an article right now regarding Kenny Omega and the ongoing feud with Jim Cornette. Kenny Omega says Jim Cornette has backed him into a corner with more hateful speech. Now, the former manager of the Midnight Express and former color commentator of the NWA and current podcaster Jim Cornette has never shied away from sharing his feelings with the public or taking part in controversial situations. Kenny Omega and Cornette have not been in each other's good graces for quite some time, with neither man seeming to remotely respect one another. While on Twitch on CEO Gaming, former AEW world champion Kenny Omega discussed Jim Cornette Cornette's followers and his opinion on Cornette's situation. Kenny would go on to say, and I quote, I think Jim Cornette has backed himself into a corner where now he's found this group of extremely pathetic human beings who have nothing other good, nothing other good to do than aspire to become someone like him who has no base in their life, no one else to listen to, no one else to adhere to their commands, Omega said. And so when it comes to being a character, then he could play off of all of this. Still traveling up and down the strips in the Indies, like back in the old days, but he's got his group of people hanging on his every word, and all he has to do is sit back and talk on a podcast microphone with another guy. When he realized he could make money delivering hateful speech, he backed himself into a corner, and now, if he wants to make rent, he wants to make some more money so he can buy his McDonald's double cheeseburgers meal, he has to talk about things that would get attention, and a lot of that time, it's going to be about me. Omega once received criticism from Cornette before his wrestling style and his matches, but still had success, hoping to create a second largest professional wrestling company in North America, also known as All Elite Wrestling. Now, over his 20-plus year career, Omega has been able to win the Impact World Championship, the IWGP, IWGP Heavyweight Championship, and the AEW World Heavyweight Championship as well. Now, many also believe that, is this a work or is this a shoot? Some people will say that Kenny Omega's comments are coming from the heart. A lot of people also believe that the comments Jim Cornette makes towards Kenny Omega, once again, are also from the heart, and none of this is a work. All of this is a shoot. With more information on this, Dakota Cohen has this article trending right now over on Wrestling Inc. Wrestling Inc. is also reporting at this hour, WWE once again teases the debut of Ezekiel's younger brother on WWE Raw. WWE once again teased the debut of Elrod, who was supposed to be the younger brother of Ezekiel and Elias, on the 4th of July episode of WWE Monday Night Raw. During the Independence Day cookout segment, Ezekiel would recount an incident from his childhood while chatting with the Street Profits. When we were younger, he would say, you know, Elias, Elrod, and myself, we entered a pie-eating contest, he told the prophets. When asked about who won the contest, Ezekiel said, let's just say no one, while recalling how all three brothers wound up on the floor. It was a real barfamania, he added, while describing how the contest ended. Now, the conversation would be cut short when Ezekiel accidentally squeezed ketchup on Seth Rollins' shirt, leading to a match. 
Elrod was once again referred during the match by the announcers. If you'd like to find out more about Ezekiel, Elrod, and any other personality, please continue following Wrestling Inc. as we will give you all of the details. More information is coming out today about Anthony Bowens. Eric Mutter is writing in at this hour. Anthony Bowens of AEW explains where the idea of scissoring fingers started and why it's become so popular. Things are looking grim for the alliance between the acclaimed and the gun club, a.k.a. the ass boys, falling some tension between the suicides after a loss on Dynamite last Wednesday. But before the group came together, the acclaimed star Anthony Bowens had to tell a story about how they actually all got together. Bowens did this in an appearance on Talk is Jericho this past Friday on Canada Day. Actually, this was us, Bowens said. Everything we've been doing is us. We saw the chemistry we had together in terms of talking and hanging around one another in the arena, and we figured it was an opportunity to blend everyone together. We brought the idea to Tony Khan, and he gave us a thumbs up, which I think is one of the coolest things about being here. We have a boss who trusts us, but knows when to put his foot down when things get too crazy. But he trusts us to put us together, to do pre-tapes, and going together and working together each and every week. Going out on Dynamite or AEW Darker Elevation. I love the way he treats us. No one is satisfied with the origin of the story, the acclaimed ass boy union. Jericho asked about the group's use of scissoring and what exactly does scissoring actually mean? Some people are still not quite sure. Scissoring is simply a sign of friendship and nothing more, Bowen said with a laugh. That was another thing that they came up with organically. A lot of things that people love about the acclaimed is all this organic stuff, which is really cool. During one time on Dark, I hit my pose where I put my hand down and it looked like an A. Then Max came up from behind me and I think just to rib me, he tried to catch me with a scissor and I was like, whoa, what are you doing? Again, in the beginning, I was super safe with doing things with TV. And then they actually asked us to stop doing it for a while. And then I think Max milked my finger once, which was even worse. So they were like, all right, go back to the scissoring. And then I was just on the floor. I can't remember what match it was, but something happened by the front row and their hands were just out there and they were yelling, Bowen, scissor me. And then it just kind of became a thing. And now we do it at meet and greets. We did it last weekend. We signed four or five hours worth of autographs and there was a if you'd like to find out more about all of this continue to follow eric mutter as he has this article trending right now over on wrestling inc let's talk a little bit about becky lynn wrestling inc is writing in at this hour that becky lynch and oscar check on each other after a physical match and there's a video to confirm that becky lynch and oscar clearly took a lot of out of each other in this last match they had but they also have a mutual respect for one another as seen in a video floating on social media. Lynch and Asuka appear to check out each other following their no-holds-barred match, which happened on the 4th of July episode of WWE Monday Night Raw. Both would tap one another after the pinfall had happened, just to make sure each one of them was still okay. For more information on this, continue following Wrestling Inc., as they will give you more information on this. WWE Otis throws up after his match on WWE Monday Night Raw. Wrestling Inc. reports at this hour, Otis threw up on the Alpha Academy partner Chad Gable during a live telecast of Monday Night Raw. Now, the incident occurred immediately after the Alpha Academy, in theory, lost a six-man match to the Street Profits and the United States champion Bobby Lashley. In a video clip online, Otis would barf all over Gable after taking a huge frog splash from Montez Ford and the pinfall loss. The commentators even made a reference to frog splash 
as it's not going to bode well for Otis's stomach. If you'd like to see the very unpleasant barfing, you can go ahead and check it out on social media. Wrestling Inc. is also writing at this hour. Steve Austin has a special message for everyone regarding the 4th of July. WWE Hall of Famer Stone Cold Steve Austin was nowhere close to being near a wrestling ring on the 4th of July, but he still was going to raise hell regardless. Texas Rattlesnake celebrated Independence Day by sharing fan art of George Washington nailing King George III with a Stone Cold Stunner. Austin would caption the photo by saying the following, Hope your 4th is a stunner. Hashtag America. Hashtag freedom. For more information on this, continue to follow Wrestling Inc. as they will have more information on Stone Cold Steve Austin. Wrestling Inc. is also writing at this hour. Olivia Quinlan is writing The Miz confirms partnership with fellow WWE Raw superstar. Now, The Miz has made quite a name for himself over the years, and he's become one of the top superstars in WWE memory. But he's able to make a great transition from reality star to pro wrestler and pave the way for so many others. Now, what's going on with him now? In a match on WWE Monday Night Raw, AJ Styles faced off against The Miz. Styles picked the win after hitting the phenomenal forearm, but after the match, Tommaso Ciampa appeared out of nowhere and landed a surprise tack on Styles. He tossed him under the bottom turnbuckle into the ring post, but Styles entered back into the ring and took him out with a Pele kick. Styles tried to hit the Styles Clash on Ciampa, but The Miz came up and hit him with his skull-crushing finale. The two stood over Styles' body and shook hands with one another, confirming there's a new alliance. If you'd like to find out more about this alliance between The Miz and Tomasa Ciampa, continue following Wrestling Inc. as they will give you all of the latest. Let's go ahead and let's talk about Rey Mysterio. Olivia Quinlivan's writing in at this hour. Rey Mysterio pays tribute to WWE legend during Monday Night Raw. Now, there's no secret in the wrestling business that Rey Mysterio was close friends with Eddie Guerrero before his tragic passing in 2005. Both on screen and off screen, Mysterio once again reaffirmed that after everything, he pays so much gratitude to Eddie Guerrero. Now, during the show, the Mysterios teamed up to take on Judgment Day's Finn Balor and Damian Priest. In the closing moments of the match, Balor and Rey Mysterio were the two legal men. Priest slid a steel chair into the ring to help out his partner, but Dominic Mysterio entered the ring to stop the exchange of the chair. Dominic got pushed away while the referee was distracted. Rey hit the chair on the canvas. He fell and tossed the chair over to Balor, pretending that he had been hit with it. The referee would then turn around that he saw Ray was out on the mat. He called for the bell. Mysterious picked up the win via disqualification. Lie, you cheat, you steal. It has been an amazing relationship between Ray Mysterio and the late Eddie Guerrero, as Ray would steal a little bit off of the legendary Eddie Guerrero. With that being said, those are all the headlines right now trending in the world of professional wrestling. As I stated earlier, if you enjoy this, it's a one-stop shop podcast to get all the news that you need in the world of pro wrestling. Headlines is available anywhere podcasts are made available, and definitely make sure you check us out on social media. Also, with headlines, make sure you tag somebody on social media. If you know they're a pro wrestling fan, do that so we can continue to grow our audience. My name is Mike Freeland, and I will catch you on the next episode of Headlines. The world of NLW Radio never stops.